but when you start uh, conversing with people when you start empathizing with people when you want to empower people when you want to drive innovation i think the coaching style uh, of leader would play a much more role and the competencies what we had defined that can get operationalized i would say in a much more i would say an effective way Welcome everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening wherever you are in whichever part of the world you're joining us. Welcome to today's Future of Coaching session. And you would be able to see a full house today on the screen with our panelists. Um and we'll soon invite them all. but before we do that please feel free to use the chat box let us know where you're coming from where you're joining us and how are you feeling today and with that i will hand it over to ujwal and uh, i'll just go in the background enjoy today's conversation everybody over to you ujwal thank you komal and hi everyone it's my pleasure to welcome you today and uh, welcome our guests manu sale ceo of mercedes benz research and development india and mahesh who is uh, leading the people operations there he is the chro of that wonderful organization welcome both of you and also welcoming uh, my colleagues uh, smita and ram ram uh, big gratitude to you today it's a guru purnima day and on this uh, webinar today we would be hosting both the leaders on how they are taking coaching to the heart of their culture and what it means for them their people their organization and also mercedes benz worldwide both of them are very very passionate leaders very passionate for people and the amazing products that we create that they create we all know that three pointed star mercedes is an epitome of luxury experience and drivability and as we all know that automobile industry is going through a big transformation already and they are leading that transformation globally so maybe is what we call as sustainable luxury the future of mobility is they are already in the process of creating with an amazing team at at the helm of uh, affairs manu and mahesh are leading from the front and we have had an experience personally to look into the way they operate and it's absolutely a pleasure to welcome both of you so first i will uh, invite uh, uh, manu to say something about himself and then uh, mahesh both of you are most welcome we are honored to have you with us today thank you very much um, to ram and the entire team at kocharya it's a pleasure to be associated with you as as a brand uh, with kocharya as an institute and of course with uh, august company like uh, that's in the panel right now um, like you said which while um, i would have wanted to start with the thanks on guru purnima day as well it's really humbling to have a, a chat show with coaches um probably part of our panel and participants as well who've been into this and um, to share some experiences about what we're doing 
thank you also for the kind words about uh, Mercedes-Benz and how we are operating. Um, for the audience, we are, um, Mahesh and me, operating out of Bangalore in India. It's um, a hub of digital engineers uh, for all of you who know this part of the geography. Mercedes-Benz Research and Development is the largest R&D and IT center for Mercedes outside of Germany. We are more than 10,000 people that sit out of uh, two towns, uh, Bangalore and Pune, um, and operate doing some cutting edge innovation, research, development work for our cars. Um, when we talk later, we're going to talk about, you know, what Ujwal said, uh, we've been setting the context about the changing face of the auto industry, the changing face of luxury mobility, because this brand caters to, to products in that segment, and how the brand is trying to transform itself and how most importantly for this call today, the India office is trying to stand up for the challenges that we have, both technically, but towards the coaching conversation, of course, on the people side of things. Um, that's, that's the organization, that's us, and uh, Mahesh, maybe a few words from you. Yeah, also a warm welcome from my side. And I also would like to ex express my gratitude, Ram, especially to you uh, being my coach, mentor, guru. So a big thank you also from my side to Ram as well as the entire team of Pocharia. Yeah, this is my 25th year uh, with the brand uh, and I'm really uh, happy and uh, also uh, really enjoying the work which we have been doing. And as usual, you stated the transformation which has started on the technology front as far as the automotive industry is concerned. So I'm part of both the technological transformation, but at the same time, I'm also there to witness and drive the cultural transformation within the organization. So it's really exciting time. And yes, looking forward to this interesting discussion. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Manu and Mahesh. Dam? Yeah, uh, first, uh, yeah, since both of you referred to Guru Purnima and uh, there are many people here from outside of India, uh, just to give a context uh, uh, to this word and, and the term that is being applied. Uh, the word guru in Sanskrit has uh, two parts, gu and ru. It essentially means a person or an entity or even a philosophy which leads you from darkness into light. It dispels ignorance. It brings you greater clarity. And in many ways, that's really what the function of coaches are and uh, coaches should be. In fact, very recently, there's a, a research that is conducted and uh, Google has pronounced uh, through various studies that uh, in fact, coaches are just as good as therapists in terms of helping people overcome anxiety, depression, and many other things without necessarily having to go into the detailed medical and therapeutic process. Having said that, uh, in, in this particular series of Future of Coaching uh, webinars that we have every second Wednesday, uh, we have addressed many various topics in the past, but uh, for the next few sessions, Ujul and I would really like to, and Smita as well, um, in terms of various corporate entities and leaders who today are redefining themselves in multiple ways post-COVID. 
because this is a change like no other people have witnessed in the last almost about 100 years. And proving the point, a very, very, very old Greek statement, but even before that, an Upanishad statement, that change is the only constant. Everything is about change, and we are constantly trying to cope with that change. The question really is, is the answer to change, managing change, is by coping with it, post the change, or we ourselves lead the change in terms of managing that change. And that's really uh, the question that we have talked to Manu and Mahesh about addressing, which they are actually addressing in their own company. So let me just start with this, uh, both you, Manu and Mahesh, and you can take your turns in terms of addressing this. In a very, very broad sense, post-COVID, I do know that you have talked to us. There are multiple changes that you're witnessing in terms of the aspirations and the behaviors of people, which in turns requires certain shifts in the way that the organizations respond, uh, which are cultural value system changes. So you are redefining yourself in multiple ways. So just tell us a little bit more about it and your own vision statement that you articulate to us, uh, Manu, which is extremely impressive. And then we can go into details of specifically how you are planning to address those changes. Yeah, Ram, thanks for the question. And uh, a great way to start this conversation, I think, especially for the participants to kind of um, get a feel of, of what R&D in India is doing and uh, where we were in, in this journey pre-COVID and why post-COVID, especially, uh, you know, um, a topic of coaching and culture changes become even more pronounced uh, for us at R&D in India. Um, I did give a hint already, and for those of you who follow the auto industry, um, it's not a surprise that the industry is going through tremendous change right now. Um, it's, it's Mercedes who invented cars 136 years ago. 1886 was when Gottlieb Daimler and Carl Benz put the first you know, gas-powered engine, and uh, people actually let go of their horse carts and started to sit in a vehicle and, and go from point A to point B. It could take you to places much, much farther than what your horse could take you on and do business, meet people, do a lot of things. And it's become a way of life. We're all used to it right now. And the industry has seen over 130 plus years now under various brands and names and, and vehicles, different internal combustion philosophies and formulas. Um, people have been going in a certain way from point A to point B and pre-COVID already for my audience here today, pre-COVID already, there was a kind of fatigue within the auto industry about incremental innovations and the, and the way we're doing things. Although an airbag is a wonderful thing and you know uh, another system with anti-lock braking is, is as fantastic as it can be saving lives and making driving pleasurable. It's still what engineers would call an incremental innovation. It's not as fundamental and earth shaking as four terms pre-COVID, C, A, S and E, connected cars, autonomous cars, shared mobility in cars and electric cars actually shook the industry up, is still shaking it up in, in many ways. And the society started kind of leaning towards that and said, you know what, we want, to, we want to completely drive fundamentally differently. We don't want to drive anymore. We want to sit in autonomous vehicles. We don't want to have tailpipe emissions. We want to see electric mobility. And 
this has shaken the industry like never before. And every OEM worth his or her name is running behind new technologies, trying to fix things. And Mercedes has its own journey doing that, you know, moving from internal combustions to hybrid to an electric first, now to an electric only announcements that we've made around the world. And you can imagine if you're sitting in R&D inside a company like this, inside a brand like this, which invented the car, and rather society is looking up to, to say, you know, we want you to reinvent it again. The responsibilities are already immense, right? Teams around the world, and, and I told you when we started that India has the largest team outside, outside Stuttgart, just took it upon themselves to reinvent this product. And the technology that we needed never existed. It still doesn't, right? Um, who, whoever heard about radars and lidars powering the car, taking away the human eyes and the brain, having high-powered computers within that can sense the environment and make decisions, so on and so forth. And, and all of this was already pre-COVID driving change within the company. And I can tell you, you get so blinded by this rush of technical changes that you look at culture a little bit later, you look at technological changes first. So I think we did rush into it as an industry. Uh, trying to learn new technologies, put it in the car, look at safety relevance, and kind of get it to our end customers. India was doing its bit too pre-COVID. Now, to cut the chase, COVID changed a lot of things fundamentally. Um, COVID changed the way people move around. While it handbrake movement for, for some months or years due to, to the pandemic, when people are coming back on streets, they're preferring personal mobility like never before. They're preferring hygiene within mobility. They're preferring safety within mobility. And probably don't want to touch the steering wheel, want an accelerated way to get to autonomous driving. Sustainability is a discussion around the world like never before. There's COP26 where corporate conchos are, are attending and making promises about um, how green and how recyclable and how, how green their product is going to be. All of this you know, kind of suddenly we reopened in COVID or in the midst of COVID realized there's a big stone on the gas pedal right now that's pushing the whole acceleration forward so quickly, so rapidly um, that there's not even time to react in, in many ways. The people who are supposed to do all of this change, it's the same people who are pre-COVID already in rush hour due to the technologies that I mentioned and post-COVID when society started urging and all of you on this call probably have seen, read about commitments made across the world for 2030, 2050, 2070 in terms of carbon neutrality. As so much of material science, technology, green alternate sources of energies and powertrains that have to come on the streets before that and, and take on. So the, you want your bulk of sales to go in the green space there. All of this started pushing things so rapidly, um, Ram, to your question, we really had to take a step back and think for a moment, where are we headed? What's going on? Who are the teams that are working on it? How do they feel? Um, what's, the, what's the purpose, right? Companies started around us, we have started discussing purpose statements like never before and connecting our people to that. So while the India team had always wished to contribute to this product big time, um, this took a dramatic change post COVID. And, and the one thing that Ram is um, referring to that is really exciting, even for me to share, I'm doing it for the young time probably, uh, to my friends, to colleagues, to media, to, to partners. India with its huge team uh, was doing its bit, was doing wonderfully well, innovation, contribution, to a point where there was an impact of Indian engineers on every Mercedes. And we start kind of zeroed in on a tagline that 
that got everyone around us excited, including ourselves, that said, there's a bit of India in every Mercedes. Now, for a country that's not yet a market for its products, for engineers to stand up, put their hands and say, you know what, that Mercedes that's driving around the world, um, that product has my software and my design. And post-COVID, Ram and team, um, due to this big rapid acceleration that, that we're facing, uh, we've set upon a vision that's even grander for ourselves. And then, then you'll soon see why, why people figure so much in the center of, of my equation. Um, we started telling, we wanna have a huge part of India and every Mercedes. For those of you who are familiar with the geography, India is a place today with fantastic demographics, with engineering and digital talent that you can never get anywhere else in the world. Uh, millions of engineers graduating out of universities, engineering still a preferred you know, stream of education, um, coveted one at that, uh, computer science, mechanical, um, you name it, and, and data science, electronics, much needed in the auto industry. And it's really a no-brainer why companies flock right now to find their, their next flock, the next set of talent um, here in the country. Uh, we just put all of that together and said, if we can put a wonderful team together, if the leaders can redefine and kind of cope with this rapid change that's happening around ourselves, either by taking a step back, slowing down, absorbing, and then redefining, simplifying things for the teams, then we really can work towards this vision of having a huge part of India contribution into a Mercedes. And like Ujwal introduced us, even for us, I mean, Mahesh said 25, I've been 11 years in this company, getting into the company and watching that shining star is, you know, still makes my hair stand, right? There's so much about the brand. You know, it's, it's like wanting to leave a legacy behind that when auto industry transformed, my leadership team and my team of engineers would actually contribute out of India. That's the passion that's actually driving us right now. That's where people figure. That's where, that's where there was a dire need to take a pause and then reflect about where are we headed and what we're doing. And that's where coaching came into place. I'm sure the rest of the conversation will, will um, reveal more about you know, how we're trying to put this together. I'm sorry, uh, Mahesh, uh, if you would like to add to what uh, Manu has said. Yeah, I think Manu talked about the mega trends and how the technological transformation and the COVID disruption has uh, came in. I think from my perspective, since we're talking about systemic coaching, uh, I again recall Peter Hawkins and his two letters, ma, ma, right, which means pause. So that has given a real pause to the, uh, I would say, the people aspect of it, where people had to rethink, reset, repurpose their lives during this COVID phase. And that also has changed, I would say, the definition of values, because values, they get redefined every now and then. And during COVID phase also, people have really looked into the trust, uh, then empathy was another uh, aspect which was being talked about. And also from the prioritization perspective, well-being also has become a priority. So again, from the cultural context, a lot many things have changed. Uh, we have had those discussions in a couple of webinars, what we had in HR circle. And as we talk now, uh, WHO also says pandemic phase maybe will get over to the, a greater extent. But mental being is, is going to be another pandemic or it is going to be another crisis because the recent WHO report says uh, that almost a million, a billion people are impacted with uh, mental issues, which is almost 13% of overall global population. And that's where we see that big challenge in terms of uh, managing 
the expectations of people, uh, the work-life balance topics, hybrid work models. I think those are the multiple dimensions of this post-COVID era. And I think we have to now see when we are driving the technological transformation and we are driving uh, the technology towards sustainable mobility, how the culture will really complement that. I think uh, that's going to be the real challenge in front of uh, coaches as well as uh, people like me who are part of the HR community. Yeah. Thanks, Mahesh. See, I mean, essentially, um, it, it, your bread and butter uh, and plus the emotional attachment that you have to the brand and what Mercedes is and the way that you express it, that your hair stands on end as you see the star, even if you have looked at it for 11 years now. And the fact that you would like to see a lot more of India within that Mercedes, which is music to many people's ears who come from India at this point in time. So that on one side and our bread and butter comes from coaching, uh, which makes um, our heartbeat faster and make us feel proud of ourselves the same way as you uh, feel proud of yourself. You, you are looking at innovation, you are looking at managing the change through that innovation technology and so on. But at the same time, uh, how do you fulfill the aspirations of people like Mahi said, whether it is the well-being, the work-life integration and multiple other things. And you chose coaching. And I know that wasn't accidental. Mahesh uh, was with us in a program and what he experienced there, he felt was going to be of great use. So he discussed with us saying, how can I take that forward? And you have started on that. So Mahesh, you could go first and you can follow later. And then Ujjal can sort of go into the specificities of some of the things that we are doing, which might be interesting for the coaching audience here in terms of the uh, let's say the processes that uh, we are engaged in with you, which could be of value. Uh, so would you, would you like to elaborate a bit on that, Mahesh? Yeah. So I think as you referred, uh, I had gone through the program and I was reflecting upon our journey of cultural transformation. And it was not, I would say coincidence, but uh, we had thought about cultural aspect and we started working on cultural transformation under a program called Leadership 2020. And this was started some five years ago, where we started looking at what is that those competences which we need to drive the technological transformation. And this was done by a cross-functional group of almost 140 plus people coming uh, across the world from different hierarchies, different backgrounds, different functions within the Daimler group. Um, uh, that time now it is Mercedes-Benz. So the set of people, they had redefined the new set of leadership values. For example, agility, empowerment, pioneering spirit, purpose, innovation. And then they complemented that with game changes. And this is what we had done already five years ago. With COVID, the challenge, I would say, doubled because we had defined those competencies. We had those game changes in place. But then, uh, as I said, we have to rethink, reprioritize a couple of things. We have to relook into those competencies and values. And that was the real challenge. How do we really uh, drive that post-COVID? And that's where I personally had that realization that coaching is, I would say, a style of conversation, a style of managing people or leading people. Uh, which can really play a role and which can connect those competencies pretty well. 
and some of the companies or leading companies now even technology wise they have also considered coaching as one of their leadership competencies and this is where we thought that if we bring that particular dimension into our leadership and typically as we know that the cultural change starts from the top and then we can percolate it down and that's where i thought this could be a medium where if leaders can act like a coach not in always because when you have to drive business you have to also act like a leader at times but when you start uh, conversing with people when you start empathizing with people when you want to empower people when you want to drive innovation i think the coaching style uh, of leader would play a much more role and the competencies what we had defined that can get operationalized i would say in a much more i would say an effective way and the dimension which i have learned also through my personal experience because some years ago i was also a client or i was also coachy i also had an opportunity thanks to manu to introduce me to this coaching a couple of years back but i have realized that individuals fundamentally don't change right uh, unless there is a personal uh, situation personal crisis so and coaching also has i would say to bring that fundamental change into that individual it's a journey for an individual also to follow however systemic coaching is the approach what we have studied through our course that also made me realize that this can really benefit uh, the company as well because you work with individuals who offer themselves to be a coach starting with being vulnerable getting into a self coaching mode and then eventually start coaching others so this entire approach i found it quite complementing to the cultural transformation journey aligning with the leadership competencies what we had defined and then the post covid challenges what we had to deal with people and also drive the multiple dimensions of our business i think that was the beginning where we thought coaching can be a really a big change game changer for us manu but actually you know pre pre corona we had a kind of a a set formula on vision mission strategy we had wrapped our heads around what is the vision for nb in india what's the vision mission for the center how do we go about uh, with innovation how do we go about with trust building what's our north star right and we we nearly knew it covid shook up so many things that people started discussing back again if optimism is at the same level if trust across the borders is at the same level if conviction that the order industry will pull through this transformation is at the same level you know it's like fundamentally shaking your beliefs 2020 you go about in jan with your business to say i got this i know what's needed in this company i need a few more millions of lines of code and software to get that autonomous car running you know connectivity 5g around the world until cars start communicating back to the cloud um, electric power trains to change in in mclean cars all of that and all of this is fundamentally changed with people society asking basic questions on the industry people working within the industry in this case and be having to redefine all of that asap as soon as possible and i think this led to that discussion are we are we blind somehow blinded somehow by competence building would we rather go in changing the culture a little bit and gain speed get some more tailwinds for ourselves because you know today i don't think an lnd is so much focused on whether the last programmer has to learn python he or she does it by himself there's there's enough online courses and then they're all motivated to to learn a, a new programming language it's the culture part that mahesh and i wanted to bring more on the table 
especially to the leadership team that is now tasked with leading. I mean, I have been consistent with my leadership team for the last 10 years. They've all been with me, uh, helped me actually put this company from point A to point B. 10 years ago, we were a thousand people around, but we are ending this year with 10,000 people, right? And it's the same set of leaders that have you know, been running the ship for me. And all of us sat together thinking in various meetings to say, if you do what you did so far, post COVID, would that really take us to this grand vision that we have? That's when we said no, empowering leaders with completely different conversational skills, abstraction skills, simplification skills, um, handling people handling skills is absolutely necessary to move ahead. Mahesh was already going through something and I just you know, dragged him into this and said, we need to turn this into something more systematic. We got in touch and I'm really happy that uh, you know, despite having some fundamental changes going on within the way we deal and, and work with people, uh, we are empowering our leaders in parallel with, with a great tool uh, that's going to help them navigate this, this complex future. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot, Mano. In fact, uh, Marshall Goldsmith's famous credo, what got you here won't get you there, I think has come <laughs> full circle with COVID now. It's pretty clear to everybody that uh, whatever got you here is not going to get you very far in future. Uh, one of the most important in, in fact, the lessons that I learned working with uh, uh, Mercedes, as well as a few other companies which we are finding traction in now. Traditionally, three years ago, uh, whenever we sort of, uh, we were approached by companies and we were talking to them and said, oh, they said, okay, can you coach about five or six of our leaders? And uh, my response for quite some time has been, uh, is it okay if I coach them as a team or a group? Because then it'll be much more economical for you. And I'm not going to charge you per person. I'm going to charge you per hour, maybe a little bit more. And you would be able to link that to the organizational goals. So your ROA factors will be much more clear. And in the process, you will also be building up a team. But by and large, I, I was really flummoxed for quite some time because I've been doing this for the last five or six years. 80% uh, of the people said, no, we don't want to do that. Um, mainly because uh, senior leaders uh, felt that they don't want to be coached together. <laughs> so my question to them was, which wasn't always received well, that if you cannot be coached together, then how are you going to work together? Uh, that wasn't quite okay. But I think here, fortunately, <laughs> partly because Mahesh and I worked together and then based on that there was a kind of a stuff you you took up that challenge and you started with group and systemic effort to which there is an addendum of individual coaching as well that that's one part of it and the other was you sort of referred to as moving from the skill set the competency into the mindset into the culture and that is something we are actually experiencing now and as a process which will smita and others they are learning from uh, the work that we are doing with you. So Ujwal, would you like to take that a little further in terms of what exactly between you and Mahesh, the way that uh, the, the program has shifted in some focus from a traditional, what might be called a coaching training to something a lot more systemic, uh, even though this is just a group, uh, you are working on team building and you are seeing some phenomenal traction in terms of the way that people are coming together. So 
uh, that might be a good conversation. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Ram. And uh, happy to uh, acknowledge and happy to share that uh, uh, Smita is a very able colleague who is uh, working with me on, on this whole project. And uh, as we all know, for any corporate executive coaching space, we are aware about this term like there is a sponsor and there is a client, right? In, in I, I must say that we have got very, very able sponsors in, uh, you know, Manu and Mahesh, because they have really taken it to their stride. And it's a heartful sponsorship that we have got. And 13 leaders who are directly working, uh, directly working with Manu, they are a part of a uh, journey right now. And it is so much, this is for the first time we have seen an organization who is so committed to bring coaching at the heart of the culture. And for that, what we have decided that it's not only a regular coach training, it's uh, not only going to make a difference, but how do we bring the systemic approach to it? And coaching is a tool, as all of us know, that coaching as a tool will work in most of the situations, but not all. But when we are talking about culture building, how do we bring individual coaching competencies at the heart of leadership behaviors in, in the leaders that who are currently working with us. And we are pleasure, we are, we are honored and um, absolutely privileged to work with them. So what we are fundamentally trying to do that as a systemic approach, how do we enhance? They are already great leaders. Remember that uh, such a great brand is made by great people. Yeah, just that I would like to cite uh, one of the senior vice president product engineering for Google. His name is Bill Kafran. Uh, said once that, uh, you know, engineering is easy, people are hard. So, so, so uh, they already have a great leadership uh, constellation. So what we are trying to further crystallize is that how, as a leader, they can create consciously psychological safety and trust whenever they interact how they can be present in the moment, even in the toughest and hardest of the situation, how they can listen at level three, level four, as Otoshama puts it, uh, empathic listening and generative listening, and how they work on their own self-awareness and also their primary methodology to deal with their team and uh, stakeholders mm -hmm. is to evoke awareness and thereby facilitating client, client's growth. So these ICF core competencies, we see that as Kocharya, as not only just a set of competencies, but they are life skills. <clears throat> Anybody who wish to lead a better life and better uh, work performance, I think these are must have tools. <laughs> and we have combined the systemic approach and Kocharya's proprietary speed uh, process into it. And uh, you know, we, are, we are seeing some great traction Starting with, I would like to uh, invite Smita to talk about how did we start with uh, where Pranav Ramnathan, who is the uh, co-founder of Kocharya, is, is also uh, one of our able partners on the facilitation side. So what we are doing it together there is that, that how do we bring the hearts of people together? How leaders know each other beyond their ID card? And from there, it has started and now the process is underway. So uh, Smita and then back to Mahesh and Manu to respond anything that comes up for them. Yeah. 
Thank you, Joan. Um, you know, first of all, I want to acknowledge Manu and Mahesh for, uh, you know, bringing this entire concept of coaching and then uh, being flexible with the uh, combining the ICF core competencies and then bringing in the systemic approach, right? Like it's a blended program. Um, in that, like, you know, we just started, when we started with the speed process, the first step was really about uh, the vulnerable sharing by the participants. And because of the COVID, we've seen that, you know, people were not able to interact as much as possible as they would when they were, uh, you know, going to work. And, and all of that just, you know, maybe shut for almost two years. With this program and with that first step of the vulnerable sharing, um, Mahesh mentioned about vulnerability, and we just saw the energy of the group when you know people were talking about their personal stories, and the connect really started happening from that that step. So, um, so that was our uh, you know observation, and and again, Manu, um, you know, going into the details of the program, it is about leading. It starts with leading self then the leading and teams, and then about the business. I think breaking this, the program into these step, these three steps, and then aligning it with the larger vision, which is about large part of uh, India and every Mercedes, I think that was a great, uh, you know, uh, proposal from your side. So uh, we are just a uh, few more sessions to go. We, we, we are waiting to see how it will, you know, unfold. So back to you, Ram. Yeah. I very simply put, I, 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 I'll pass it on to you quickly, Manu and Mahesh. Uh, some of the things that we are trying to do, uh, to be very honest, uh, I wouldn't say you are our guinea pigs. We have, we have done it in many other places. Uh, individually, I have done many such programs. Uh, but uh, many of those were sort of forced in some ways. Uh, like Mahesh earlier said, that uh, very often, People don't want to change and it's really some kind of a trauma that forces them to change and this happened in a few cases where i was allowed to work with teams and groups rather than just individuals alone but in this particular case like smita said you coined that term of uh, leading with the self and then the team and the organization and how would like to see a much larger part of mercedes in this so we had actually started initially based on Mahesh's uh, desire that you would like to have a bunch of internal coaches, which is fantastic. And therefore, it was structured in a way that people would get their credentialing, which they would anyway, even though we are basically, because of the number of hours that is involved in ICF, it's going to be for 60 hours of level one. Uh, but the quality that they will have would probably be much, much higher than that at the professional level. And doing group work in such a way and then taking into a systemic level it is a bit of an art. It's not easy. And initially, I think within your team as well, they had some difficulties in terms of attending and pressures of work. And I think with Mahesh's help, we were able to get it all together. So from what I understand, like Smitha said, the first and the most important step in any of these exercises is to really get people to bond together as teams rather than just groups. And then in turn, not only the space that they are in, in the classes or in the coaching space, but in a much larger space, which is what we are hoping to uh, impart and impact on them. And hoping, hopefully this will 
lead into a much larger journey for every, every one of them in terms of a systemic journey. So uh, Mahesh, would, would you like to experience, you've been both a leader as well as a sponsor and a participant in this program. So what is it that is coming up for you, uh, both as a coach as well as a participant now? Uh, yeah, I think that's a tough question. Uh, but as a coach, I would say uh, whatever I have learned uh, in my initial association uh, through the advanced coaching training uh, was, I would say, a different level of understanding or getting the fundamentals clear in terms of coaching and my own individual journey as a coach. But now with the systemic coaching, I think uh, I am trying to get different kinds of reflections, uh, which are difficult to get through individual coaching. Uh, team bonding is one aspect you talked about. Uh, vulnerability, which is the one other dimension which I have come across, uh, which works differently in the corporate setup because uh, people are focusing uh, on their own particular domain, their own particular technology. Uh, but when you bind them with emotions together or when you uh, ask them to share their stories, uh, exchange their thoughts, uh, I think the reflections what you get in those uh, sessions, uh, I think it is impossible to imagine them in individual coaching. Uh, I would say they are different. Uh, uh, both have, I would say their uniqueness that way, individual coaching as well as systemic coaching. Third dimension, what I have seen is also, uh, there is a, a kind of a chemistry uh, match which starts happening between uh, different set of individuals, which was also very unique for me. Uh, because otherwise this cannot be achieved uh, by doing certain typical interventions, what we do for leadership development. I think those couple of sessions, what we did, I think we finished almost 14 sessions so far. And with that, I can see that there is a different level of understanding, uh, which is really coming out and uh, uh, it is really converting that vision what Manu had shared into an action plan. And with that uh, split, what we have seen leading self, leading others and leading business, I can see that there is a, uh, I would say that uh, passion and excitement that how can we really convert that, that into an action plan. I think this is my, uh, I would say, observation as a coach, as a participant, uh, or I would say as a representative there from uh, HRIC, multiple, I would say, benefits to the individuals as well as to the team. One is obviously they are, uh, enjoying their journey as coaches, right? Uh, becoming coaches and started their coaching with a couple of uh, pipeline uh, of leaders, what we have created. Uh, so they have become internal coaches, a pool of coaches. Secondly, obviously, as I said, they are started driving that particular vision and converting that into mission statements or action plan. And thirdly, it also creates that culture of coaching because we are also discussing how some of the situations in their day-to-day -day life while they're interacting with individuals, how those can be like a coach-like conversations. Uh, so these are three, I would say, major things I can see, which are automatically coming from this systemic coaching approach. So I think these are two sets of uh, observations I can see through my journey. Yeah, Mahesh, uh, before I go on to Manu, both for you as well as Manu, uh, a question that came up was, how exactly are you planning to 
measure this as ROI in terms of tangible or intangible benefits, as you said, for the self, for the team, and for the larger organization. Mahesh, should I go? Yeah. No, I think um, it, it's, um, it has a context. Everything has a context. I think the, the, the context under which we took to coaching um, as we described the status of our state of our business, the state of transformation in the industry, all of that, and the kind of complexity that had to be comprehended and the calmness that the leaders had right now to display at the same time is something that led us to coaching, right? And sitting as a CEO, as a sponsor for this whole program, um, I'm looking at various, if you want to call it KPIs, various KPIs to literally see where this is headed. For the first time, I think, we are leading an age group like this. I mean, we have an average age of 30 or below in the company. Uh, age group like this with purpose statements, right? Um, it's not instructions that are being given to people on a regular basis. We have, we have been sharing purpose with them and, and kind of aiming to, not hoping for, but aiming to make them settle down with, with the purpose of the brand of the company to achieve what we want to achieve. And that's the biggest KPI for me because, you know, as we inch closer towards the bigger India contribution, which is visible in terms of um, typical business KPIs that I have, I know where it's coming from because it's very clear that if we lead them like we did before, uh, with the spans that we have, with the remote working conditions that we have, with the world that's so flat that the talent is sitting all over, um, we'd never get there. So to, to the colleague who's asking the question, uh, it's not a KPI on coaching on my dashboard that I have, but it's a KPI on the goals that I have for myself that Mahesh and uh, you know, my, my team helps me with, uh, which is help, helping me see, are we getting there? Because I know without this, we would never get there. We would never get there. And, and I repeat, for the first time ever, there's an attempt to lead a large company with purpose statements alone. A lot has been said, a lot has been written about it. But I think practically on the ground level, for a company to take it that serious to say, you know what, I'm not getting into, I'm not saying we don't have goal setting anymore. That's not the point. The, the purpose statement is broken down into goals. But every conversation starts with, you know, Mercedes's desire to make the world's most desirable cars. Um, and for the India team to start with their purpose statement to say, I'd like to see a huge part of the India contributing to those desirable cars in the world in the future. Yeah. And, and then to break it down into KPIs. This is how I'm approaching it from from my side um, to see how we progress. So Manu, in a sense, if I understood you, uh, the way that you express, uh, you, you are transferring the autonomous driving, which you are trying to build into your cars, into your people. And in many ways that they are going to be autonomous in terms of interpreting the larger vision and the direction that you're setting for the company into specific aspirations and believing totally agree and i believe that this is the way to go post covid in this absolutely you know distributed world um, future of work unknown uh, the only way we can bind them together uh, and to let them work autonomous as you just said it is is with some of these some of yeah. these techniques that in turn ties up with your sustainability i guess it, it does i mean at the end of the day uh, it's a guiding principle in the company, right? Um, when, when a company says, I'm going ahead with an electric only future, putting all my bets and money on that, you know, that's been so many times asked, and I think clarity of thought 
uh, from the global team as well helps. Um, you could put your legs on two boards right now and say, I continue to develop IC engines and have instructions there and you know, move from Euro 6 to Euro 7 around the world. And then there's Mercedes-Benz that's saying, no, we'd like to give our customers a green-only option to drive around. And we've put all our energies, all our passion, all our efforts, needless to say, all the money on that. Um, and talking to capital markets, you know, I, I've been watching some of these events unfold. They're absolutely, absolutely uh, impressed with uh, with what the company wants to do, and are backing us to the hilt with uh, with some of these uh, wishes. So, from where you are now, based on the experience that you have had, uh, which is starting with building that autonomy, as it were. Uh, both in individuals as well as in groups that uh, you are currently experiencing, which seems to be going the right way from what Mahesh said. Uh, how do you see this taking larger shape in the next coming months, say about a year or so? Well, I think all of us have been saying that it's a journey, right? Um, it's not um, technology or a competence building exercise where I can mandate something. It's more a movement within the company. Culture change can't be mandated. It's more a movement, right? And I'm sure all the audience here who've been involved with this topic know that very well. And uh, we're just experiencing that right now to say the journey has started. We, we feel ourselves going through that quite comfortably right now. Uh, the, the uptake for coaching as a buzzword, as a principle, as an expected leadership behavior, as an expected leadership competency, um, is, is really positive. I can see a lot of positive vibes around that word, around that behavior from teams. Um, some of our first efforts from leaders, and some of them I see, some of my stars are on this call right now, uh, who are also part of the systemic coaching. All they are sharing some wonderful user stories about you know, how they're tackling some of the challenges, business challenges, people challenges that are coming to them, and, and how coaching is helping um, converse. So Ram, in the next six to eight months, I hope to reach more, right? I don't want to claim more than what's already possible for a journey that started six months ago. Uh, six months later, I really hope that we penetrate more and more of Mercedes-Benz in India and provide even more autonomy. 10,000 is not a small number, right? Um, to, to penetrate and to teach autonomy. Um, and for people on the call, if you've been working in this geography, um, I'm very much a fan of, of doing this, and I hope I could share some passion uh, virtually too when I said more of India and Mercedes. Uh, but at the same time, let's be practical. We're getting 23, 25 year olds from universities who need a pair of eyes over their shoulders. They've been parented at home, they've been living, they have not done social work or military work before coming. They've not had a year of internship before coming into work, and they need a, a bit of supervision. And we're straight putting them on another level to say autonomy. Um, purpose statements, and, and Mahesh and I won't find that easy. We know that, right? So uh, we are into the game knowing well that it's going to be a journey. It's, it's going to have its you know, difficult moments, but so committed to say that if you don't take this path, then we'd have to turn this into a blue collar factory somehow giving instructions and having a manager for every 10 people. That's not going to happen, right? Not in 2022 and beyond. Uh, we're not going to expand leadership capability um, or capacities, we're rather expanding leadership capabilities right now, that you know, the mind space to deal with 10,000 people suddenly finds itself comfortable and not the 24 hours that we all have in a day. I, I don't know if I can express myself there. Well, no, that's, yeah. that's absolutely fine. Actually, that really leads me into <clears throat> probably an interpretation or a misinterpretation of what Uday has asked. How do you see this expanding 
in a larger sustainable way into other aspects of your business. I know that your manufacturing side is already looking into it, but even if in terms of your dealership and so on, do you feel that in terms of communication, uh, in a, let's say, coaching approach, uh, is that a likelihood? Is that something that is likely to be of benefit to you? Well, well um, let's, let's start this way. Coaching is to people today as sustainability is to business, right? Uh, and I tell you why I kind of put them in that equation. Every business around the world is suddenly shocked. And while it seems a little natural for an auto industry that had tailpipe emissions to talk about sustainability, all of us on the call probably know that every business, regardless of its size and depth and complexity, even a shopkeeper has to think about the plastic cover that he or she is, is dispensing. Um, you know, a, a lot of such things are happening around us right now. Um, a hotel is, is looking at waste management, a hospital is looking at waste management completely differently. There's no one who's spared uh, a, a nursery with plants is looking at if it's using biodegradable you know, manure or if it's bringing in some chemicals inside. Just like sustainability has completely shaken up businesses and kind of put them out of their comfort zones of how they did business, coaching is going to put the people side of our story a little bit out of the comfort zone for a certain time being. But just like you and I have you know, the optimism that we carry in this part of the world, that we're going to conquer sustainability, I'm also very confident that coaching is going to be kind of part of the, of the culture when you be at it for, for some time. That's number one. Number two is a little bit um, like spreading it now, right? Um, people within our circles are looking at how MBRDA is responding. Um, lean and agile is, is one more part of software that's infectious. Coaching is infectious when it comes to people uh, discussions. And um, I'm hoping that the rest of, uh, you know, touch points that we have within here, probably international boundaries too, across the border, uh, look at the advantages and benefits of, of how our leaders are able to comprehend complexity and um, that it should spread um, eventually. That's, that's how I'm, I'm expecting it to, to unfold. Yeah, uh, you're, you're pretty good with words, Manu. So we are going to note down that part of it as coaching is to people, as sustainability is to companies. I think we would like to use it as a tagline somewhere. Just quote so, me every time. Uh, thank you. Of course, we will. <laughs> we, Just joking. We, we will acknowledge that to you. So um, Mahesh, there's a question here in terms of how do you integrate coaching into your competency model uh, and how are you measuring those is one question. Another one, was there any attrition in terms of your headcount as a result of coaching? But as you said, the numbers are growing. Probably that's not quite true. Uh, you would like to answer those uh, questions? Yeah. So uh, coaching, as I said, it is uh, yet to be, become a competency because still we follow the global framework where we continue to believe with the eight competencies what we have identified. But coaching we would like to use as a style of conversation, as I mentioned earlier, or a style of way to deal with uh, people uh, when they have career discussions, when they talk about, uh, or when whenever they conduct the performance-specific discussions or potential reviews. I think these are a different set of things what we want to really combine. And we just started with the first set of people, uh, those 13 leaders. And the plan is to basically, with their help to multiply it and uh, spread it to the middle level management as well so that it becomes a culture and uh, uh, people are able to not maybe individually change as I may mention 
that initial transformations, they take a lot of time, but at least with this approach, we are able to create a context or change the context for the people around. We are able to change the environment uh, where people can thrive and uh, uh, achieve, uh, I would say the business goals as well as their individual aspirations. So that's the current thing. So uh, it is going to be the binding factor uh, to really drive those or operationalize those competencies. Now, there are a couple of things. Attrition is one of them, but how I'm looking at it, and I was trying to just pair with what Manu was talking, right? So on one hand side, we have a future of mobility, right? We are defining to make that mobility more sustainable. On the people side, we have future of work uh, because the work is also getting redefined. There is a hybrid work model, which we are discussing right now. And again, coaching plays a great role. On the second hand, we have sustainability on the people side we have well-being aspect right so we have to make our products uh, offerings to our customers sustainable but on the other hand side we also have to take care of well-being of our people the third dimension is that we have financial targets on the other hand we have mindset related issues and the last part is we are experiencing on business side supply chain issues right globally on the other hand side we have talent retention issues which is the attrition aspect here and I think coaching is going to play a role in both the aspects. So systemic coaching, my belief, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Systemic coaching is going to impact both, but systemic coaching will, I would say primarily work on those business specific challenges of future of mobility, sustainability, financial targets and supply chain. And the individual coaching journeys, what these leaders have taken and they're going to multiply. They are also going to resolve people related issues like future of work, well-being mindset specific issues and talent specific issues. Yes, it is also, I would say, uh, not a goal as Manu said, it's a journey, but yes, uh, we would like to see how this can impact the uh, numbers, but uh, we would like to see this as a cultural transformation and not to put it, convert this immediately into numbers because we have to also allow time for people to reflect, learn, and then drive the transformation, uh, both on the business side, as well as on people side. Thanks, Mahesh. Uh, last question, I'm combining two uh, questions from uh, Anshuman and Rajiv or comments. So one is about, in terms of risks that, uh, if there are any that you anticipate, and also whether the fact that people are becoming vulnerable, sharing about their beliefs and so on and so forth, emotions, uh, is there likely that that could pose any risk in your system? Mahesh? So, yeah, I would uh, start. So. My personal journey, uh, <clears throat> you can basically, uh, in the individual coaching, I have seen that one can uh, go through that change and transform or transit. So the transitions are also possible in the, after the individual coaching, right? But I think through group coaching, I don't think there is a big risk uh, or even there is a risk because if I look at uh, the different dimensions, it is going to help individuals, it is going to help the organization. So from the, uh, I would say the overall journey perspective, it is going to build the psychological safety and trust, which are the, I would say the key elements uh, for uh, building success or uh, achieving those business goals. So from my perspective, I don't see a risk. In fact, I see many, many opportunities uh, in this particular phase. Thanks. Manu, you wanted to add something? 
Uh, well, uh, Mahesh has been with me for more than a decade now leading HR. And there's one theory that we both, both kind of discuss and bring on the table for many years now, right? Even before coaching, and I'll connect that to coaching immediately. We've always maintained and said, people, individuals bring their lives from outside of work to inside, get influenced by things that happen at work, take it back. And then you know, kind of the personality keeps on changing, improving, sometimes getting hit with the stress either outside or inside, but it's human, human beings at the center of the whole thing. And that explained a lot of things that was happening around us to Mahesh, right? Leaders or otherwise, when things happened around us, we both had a conversation and we said, who's the person and, and what he's, is he or she going through right now? And does that explain a little bit of what's happening at work? And many times since we experience things at work, many things that happen outside of work could explain what human beings are going through. And I think the question from Anshuman, and I guess he's one of the, the MB stars as well, I'm happy to see him online here, um, is that coaching is actually just, you know, removing one more layer or out of that complex equation and saying, yes, that theory is really true. It's people, it's humans at the center of it that bring themselves with their souls, with their emotions to work. Doesn't matter at Mercedes-Benz, cutting edge of engineering, it's human beings who are coming inside. Coaching is helping us connect with those human beings right now. And, and that's why I love the concept of going with this system of approaching our people, um, even if they're you know, doing the most high tech on their keyboards, um, at the end, we're touching, touching their hearts and souls with, with having a chat with them. And yeah, there you, you, uh, you know, unwrap some layers, get closer to some people. And it's actually, we've seen it beneficial, um, explaining so many things about who's who. Right. Uh, one of my first trips with coaching was a hot seat concept. I'm sure you guys all know it, uh, where we as an XCOM sat together, put each one in the hot seat and just told others of who we are. And, and that unveiling of ourselves helped so much with relation building and explained a lot about how we operate. Um, and therefore, in, in our leaders are actually getting closer to their teams through coaching rather than through a, a formal conversation, which did not feel these layers before. If, if, if I'm exp expressing myself. Right. Yeah, thanks a lot. <clears throat> we are almost <clears throat> pretty much uh, on top of the past that. So we'll just take it a close. But a couple of questions that have been answered, uh, I, I'll try and answer them myself. Uh, the, the feedback system is really built into it. Uh, feedback review, progress, performance evaluation, and things are part of the coaching exercise, how they are done. And in fact, our own experience has been that uh, Ujwals and Smithas that people have been coming forward in terms of uh, uh, how they would like to see this going on. So there's a lot of self-direction and involvement in that. And one of the things is in terms of, like Mahi said, individual coaching, you, you, you have a way of sort of addressing emotions and so on. In fact, in collective coaching, my own experience has been, and I'm sure Ujwal and Smita also have experienced this, is uh, one of the common statements when my son Pranav, with whom I used to conduct programs in US, systemic program, they used to ask him, what is it that we need to prepare and bring to the table? He would say, bring lots of tissues, Kleenex. Uh, people are going to cry because that is something that happens, uh, the emotional shift that happens, creating a safe space that happens. So in a systemic coaching, it's a far greater opportunity for the coach to be able to build into that. So I'll close it here. Thank you very, very much, Manu and Mahesh. Uh, will you and Smita, if you, your last words, uh, just closing this uh, conversation. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, 
thank you, Ram. Uh, on behalf of Smita, Komal, and uh, myself, we would like to thank you, all of those who have joined in. We must say that uh, you can reach out to us uh, also in case you have any questions offline. Uh, we are a part of this intervention. And if there is anything that we can assist you with clarifying your questions, we should be more than happy to do that. Yeah. But it's a great pleasure to have Manu and Mahesh here and uh, mm -hmm. representing their great organization. And uh, it, it's a great feeling today and ever to be with you. Thank you so much. Thank also you. From us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, till the time we meet again next, we are celebrating the statement of a uh, large part of uh, Mercedes, uh, of large part of India and every Mercedes. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank All you. right. So thank you. Bye -bye. Good, night. Good night. And so thank you. Bye -bye. Thank you, Komal. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Bye. you, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Good night. Good day. Good night. Good night. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.